Welcome to the GD Spirit Pub for rebel souls, earth angels, and courageous hearts. Because we believe we chose this crazy human existence, we're here to ponder upon the challenges, the meaning, and purpose. Cheers to you for tuning in to your soul. And joining us at the GD Spirit Pub for a pint of joy and to enlighten up. All right. I'm so glad you tuned us in. We have a very special show. They're all special. <coughs> special. So special. They're so special. Um, so I'm Green Diva Meg. I'm Weenie Greenie Julie. And we're going to talk a bit about love. <laughs> and in honor of Valentine's Day, even though that's not really what we're talking about. We're, no. we're digging into spiritual love and <laughs> like the reality of deep, deep relationships or just loving, you know, the dude you meet at the gas station, right? Right. Or whatever, you know, just the being mirror, kind of, yeah, bumping into ourselves everywhere we go, learning who we are through relationship. Which is not necessarily <laughs> the love relationships, but all relationships. But it's all about love. So before we dig into this juicy topic for you, I just want to mention that this podcast is brought to you by Envy Heater. The Envy Heater is super efficient, wall-mounted electric panel heater that looks great in any setting, heats up a room in just minutes, costing only four cents per hour to run. The Envy Heater is a great product for people looking to reduce their carbon footprint and save some money. Safety is a priority, so they are great for homes with small children and pets because they have a cool-to-the-touch design. Hmm. So it's easy to install Envy, and you can do it yourself in just a few minutes. I don't know if I could, but hey, you know, I should <laughs> My try it. could. <laughs> I should try it. So find out more about Envy Heater at eheat.com. All right, then. Now we're on to the topic at hand. Love. Are you going to I read am, the Gibran uh, R.I.? Let's am. start there. <clears throat> <clears throat> this is I'm going to read. Epic. It, it's a little bit epic, but it's so powerful. And as a teenager, it made such an mm -hmm. impact on me that I literally had parts of this in calligraphy, not by you, mm. Julie, but. By the way, for anybody who doesn't know, Julie, in addition to being an artist and an author, is a calligrapher. I had pieces of this calligraphied in cards. I yeah. still use pieces of She has of her it, own so. greeting card business for anybody who... Uh, <laughs> they're gorgeous. Anyway, <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah, thanks. So for you who may not know Cahill Gibran, he was a poet and he he wrote a book called The Prophet. I'm not even sure when. Wasn't that, didn't yeah. he write more than one? But anyway. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah. I mean, he's an author and poet. He's like 18th century? Like uh, 19th? Early 19th. Okay. Uh, well, Go. I'm not sure. Anyway, that's not the point. Right. <laughs> so the prophet, he talks about different stages of life and different issues of life. And this is what he wrote on love. When love beckons to you, follow him, though his ways are hard and steep. And when his wings enfold you, yield to him, though the sword hidden among his pinions may wound you. And when he speaks to you, believe in him, 
though his voice may shatter your dreams as the north wind lays waste the garden. For even as love crowns you, so shall he crucify you. Even as he is for your growth, so is he for your pruning. Even as he ascends to your height and caresses your tenderest branches that quiver in the sun, so shall he descend to your roots and shake them in their clinging to the earth. <laughs> like sheaves of corn, he gathers you unto himself. He threshes you to make you naked. He sifts you to free you from your husks. He grinds you to whiteness. He kneads you until you are pliant. And then he assigns you to his sacred fire that you may become sacred bread for God's sacred feast. All these things shall love do unto you that you may know the secrets of your heart. And in that knowledge become a fragment of life's heart. But if in your fear you would seek only love's peace and love's pleasure, then it is better for you that you cover your nakedness and pass out of love's threshing floor into the seasonless world where you shall laugh, but not all your laughter, mm. and weep, but not all of your tears. Love gives naught but itself and takes naught but from itself. Love possesses, nor would it be possessed, for love is sufficient unto love. When you love, you should not say, God is in my heart, but rather, I am in the heart of God. And think not you can direct the course of love, for love, if it finds you worthy, directs your course. Love has no other desire but to fulfill itself. But if you love and must needs have desires, let these be your desires. To melt and be like a running brook that sings its melody to the night. To know the pain of too much tenderness. To be wounded by your own understanding of love and to bleed willingly and joyfully, to wake at dawn with a winged heart and give thanks for another day of loving, to rest at the noon hour and meditate love's ecstasy, to return at home at eventide with gratitude, and then to sleep with a prayer for the beloved in your heart and a song of praise upon your lips. Mm, that covers a lot. It's kind of epic. It really <laughs> is. And it brings up some powerful and frightening images. Exactly. Realistic, however, in well, yeah. our long years of marriage and realizing that we are deeply in love and yet it, it can be that very love that, that crucifies us, like it said in there. That, I that, think especially in the beginning, you know, when you're falling in love remember that that fraught with <clears throat> drama and emotion and the ups and downs and doubt how could <laughs> this person how yeah. could this person take all of me yeah. all of my brokenness all of my neediness all of what other people didn't want yeah and each new relationship is racked with the old yeah uh, unless we're aware and awake and hoping I can actually not be that. I can be cleaner and purer and closer to love's heart, which is meaning like detachment. I like that image of the the clinging to the earth that made me think of in the poem of how important it is to detach 
lovingly detach from trying to control other people, trying to control events, trying to control this earthly trudge, as opposed to just loving and waking up with that intention instead of, I'm going to make this safe for me. It's so I'm just going to enjoy what is, which is a real, a trial. Yeah, that safety thing, that security thing. We all kind of want to guarantee that we're not going to be hurt. Oh, yeah. Right? I don't want, well, I don't even think we understand what what that means entirely. Because if you've had your heart shattered mm-hmm. and you've been on love's threshing floor, <laughs> <laughs> naked and threshed. Yeah. Um, right. Why would you trust again? It's tempting to close your heart off and say, no, no, I'm not doing that again. But I think if you just allow yourself to feel the pain and feel it through and stay open, Mm -hmm. there are so many gifts. We learn and we grow and we are ready for the next lesson. And I don't know, we had talked earlier and and that security issue came up and I thought of this story Mm. of when my husband Wayne and I were getting together uh, like 20 years ago. And it was very complicated on a thousand levels, and there was a lot going against us. And against all odds, it was one of those, you know. (laughs) And he was in the midst of, he he was getting divorced, and it took a long time. And I remember feeling insecure about it. And I was like, I I just, you know, I was complaining to my, my spiritual mentor, my AA sponsor, and whatever, my, my friend Jean. And I was whining about, like, you know, I'm going to get married. It's never going to happen. And she said, Megan, you've been married twice already. (laughs) And there was a pause. And I was like, yeah, your point. Yeah. She said, what makes you think marriage is any security? Like, getting married means you're secure. And I thought, oh, she's got a point there. (laughs) And from that moment on, I never worried about getting married. I really, it grounded me in that moment of, yeah, does my security, and she further went on to discuss that my security, and this was a lesson I learned with money in the it, down the road from this, but this was the first real lesson where she said, your security lies in your higher power, whatever you want to call that, people, and, uh, and, and not in the humans because we're all fallible and we make mistakes, we die, whatever. Um, we misjudge. So, and by the way, that Wayne and I didn't get married for another 15 years. <laughs> had you known then, you just would have passed out. And- but, you know, but we what we had like an entire committed mm-hmm. life where we raised kids. Mm-hmm. We had ups and downs and financial crises and health crises. And we did it all before we got married. Yeah, the paper n- no longer mattered. Right. You knew you were right. both... Mature people. and Well, we like to think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That issue of control is something I am in recovery for. Yeah. Thinking that if, if my husband and my boys are okay, then I'm okay. If they're not, I must do something to, to make it okay. And it's really ridiculous to try and be the general manager of their universe, let alone mine, because it's all about, oh, if, if I, I need to be more valuable to make them happy or, mm. um, to, 
make them feel my love and 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 that through some great effort on my part I could then I'm, and I put it in the um, the context of helping them, but really, I'm trying to feel safe myself. Mm-hmm. So if my loved ones are okay, then I'm okay. If they're not okay, I'm not okay, which totally not true, and not true love. That well, unconditional it's like the love. Difference between interdependence and codependence, exactly. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for women, I think we rest a lot of our value, or we were taught. That that selflessness mm-hmm. of taking care of others first is more valuable than finding that self-love, that higher power, that divine spark within ourselves, that, and therefore we are not dependent on other people's ups and downs. We'll have our own, but we don't have to anchor ourselves in other people's, um, right. whether they love themselves or what they choose. Well, there is a lot of value in loving yourself and having your security, as we mentioned, in the right place. Because Mm -hmm. then whatever happens may be difficult, Mm -hmm. but you're really okay. It doesn't shatter. I had a very, very tough lesson in that with my second marriage, which you were present Mm -hmm. all the way through. And in the end, I realized I had a picture of what I wanted it to be. Oh, don't we all? Right? Mm -hmm. And I had this fantasy of, doesn't this work great? And Mm. I'm trying to make this fit into what I believe should be a loving marriage. And my poor husband rebelled. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's not my image. (laughs) He he knew. He knew uh, something was dramatically wrong there. And and after that, I was so shattered that I began to reach for myself because that was the only option I had. I couldn't at that point even imagine being in another relationship. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Those horrible, horrific traumas, whether it's divorce or death, whatever the, the loss or betrayal, mm-hmm. it is the catalyst to go within after we, we scream and bitch and, and kick, and then we go, whoa, we a second. And by if, the way, the betrayal was my own. Oh, yeah. Because I came yeah. to understand that I knew in my heart what I was doing, but I wasn't listening to myself. Do you know what I mean? I knew that I was making an error. Well, I wouldn't call it an error, but no. I, was, I was making what was going to be a very difficult path choice. But in order to know what that image was, that it was a belief system or or an inherited one, the picket fence and the the whatever. We all have them and we need that threshing. Well, and and also that whole concept of getting to know thyself and being uh, everything, if you learn from it, brings you closer to yourself and whatever your higher self and spirit and all that. Fun. Right. And and the other person, there there can't be mistakes because not only are we one with them on some level, mm-hmm. but they are the perfect mirror in the perfect timing to show us who we're being and who we're not being that truly is our higher self. Well, you and I discussed back in those days, this sort of painful but glorious days in many ways, 
the spirit pub and and that's kind of where this concept was formulating for us like what were we thinking yeah when we decided we would come into this life and have these painful experiences because that was like a dark night of the soul the end of that marriage not because well for lots of reasons but the, the the one being that it shattered all my illusions of who of loving of, of who of what would it, love yeah. you and yeah and would you be safe and taken care of and but 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 what came from that ultimately was a, a connection to myself and then the attraction of Wayne who is mm. one of if not my major soulmate I don't know I don't know how to categorize these things you know they've got all these twin soul soulmate twin <laughs> flames I don't know what they are you know what I mean right but he is like the great love of my life for sure and we've been together now like 20 something years married for seven of them <laughs> right yeah Bill and I've been married 20 years wow and when I think back on everything we've been through and how that that journey who would know what all that would include with your soulmate because i thought soulmate meant (laughs) when you meet it's like your other half you you know you make me whole the sky opens up an angel sing right the light comes down and you're happy and in fact there is a wholeness but the wholeness is us we're finding where we've been fractured and where we haven't been true to ourselves and on both ends and of course we psychologically speaking we marry our parents on some level there's a little bit of my mom and bill there's a little bit of my yeah, dad yeah. and i also serve that for him and that will have us climbing the walls sometimes because we don't want to let go of our picture oh it must be you it must be you well then there's that horrible hendrix mm. uh not horrible Harville, because <laughs> when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, that's horrible. But Harville Hendricks and his wife, Helen, who were psychotherapists, Harville <laughs> Hendricks, they, they came up with a, it's called Imago Theory of Couples Therapy, Relationship Therapy, which concentrates on the theory that early parts, the early years of a committed relationship and marriage are all about working out your childhood crap, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And when you look back, now I look back because I've been through that stage. Yay. Yeah, I would say I'd, I'd agree with that. Oh, and it still it still rears its little head sometimes with a little... Of course. little um, extra sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Special sauce. <laughs> yeah, I had a dream maybe a year ago now. Woke up in the morning and went, oh my gosh, I gave myself, well, in the dream, it was given to me the best goddess award. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, right. But Go it's ahead. True. Go ahead and laugh. But it's true. Well, yeah, given my dwarfism, that would not be culturally my, you know, I would not be considered best goddess award. But in Well, the, it depends on what culture you're talking about, but right. I'll be quiet. So true. Um, in the dream... I was slightly embarrassed, but on the other hand, saying, oh, well, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. The world must have changed. It's like a uh, all-around best goddess kind of gal, uh, <laughs> a good cherub, <laughs> doing her best. <laughs> and I, I, it was a lighthearted dream. It was very freeing. I wake up. I'm sort of still tingling. My husband is waking up at the same time. And Bill comes around the edge of the bed, and I say to him, with an eye roll, uh, in my dream, I got the best goddess award. (laughs) 
and there is a long silence. And he's sort of yawning and he's wiping his eyes and I, my, I'm ready to like bust out of my skin because I have this old script saying, I need a compliment. <laughs> I need you to agree with this. Validate this, please. Please validate that there's some goddess in me. And after running his hand through his hair, he finally says, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I heard sarcasm, which he, of course, denied later. But he had sat on the bed. He was willing to talk. And I had to take myself away because I was going to claw his eyes out. Because I wanted a litany of compliments well of course you got the best goddess award my my love of my life oh yeah see women know what to say to other women but but he didn't know i needed that in that moment but the the key there the mirror was i needed to accept my own compliments which before i told him i kind of already had in the dream i'd accepted this i was i was tingling from this and then it all fell to pieces when I saw in his eyes that he wasn't going to reflect that to me. Now, why did I need his reflection? And I was busy saying in my head, he needed to give me compliments. He needs to reaffirm. He knows my past was difficult and he should be he, he, he. And then I put myself in all of those sentences. You know, I can compliment me. I know my past. I can be sensitive about this. So those times where it does rear up, is the perfect mirror of what we need, are learning to give ourselves lovingly without strings and expectation, even if I assume he should know me after all these years. And I've said to him many, many times, you know, could you just, just throw me a compliment every now and again, just yeah. out of the blue? And it isn't in his DNA. Nobody complimented him and he doesn't really need it. Yeah, well, dudes are different that way. Dudes are different. Although Wayne does need compliments. Wayne likes compliments. Well, he really I, does. I don't know. Bill just sort of, he kind of bristles. He doesn't quite know how to accept it, so he therefore does not know how to give it. But by the way, Wayne doesn't often give a compliment. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Hmm. See, Strange. we're having therapy already. <laughs> <laughs> Love is the ultimate therapist. And by the way, I really would have liked if Gibran had said she. Because I thought the same thing. No, right? Why Don't we... was it masculine? I think there's a reason. Well, it was his time. It was and, his. Yeah, and he's a dude. And he's a dude. Insightful so. as he is. Yeah, but I, I think of love as the divine feminine because it is an open-hearted, tends to be easier for women. We're more right-brained. We're more aligned with our emotion. But it's interesting so... because it does bring in sort of this warrior image of love that is not pretty that's true but it's that could be a woman not warrior fluffy. no not fluffy well a couple fluffy lines but they were at, needed at the end there yeah after you get through the threshing floor well and and this is the truth and if anybody had told me in my whatever my well i'm teens, sure people tried you know what oh, i mean there maybe. were probably things that we saw like yeah no that's not gonna happen no to me. yeah i will nah. find that perfect love because i need that <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna happen to me yeah a soulmate means the perfect fit and and a perfect fit does not mean it's gonna be easy yeah it means oh a perfect fit oh i'm gonna look at my crap and i'm gonna help you look at yours and we will be free of it slowly well, and surely and you know surely surely came in who here you who are you talking surely <laughs> um 
Who are you calling, Shirley? Yeah. So I was thinking about the fact that all relationships, according to The Course in Miracles, and I can't quote where it comes from, but I know it comes from there. Oh, yeah. All relationships are spiritual assignments. And I think back to our spirit pub when we kind of have this, like, all right, yeah, I'm going to come down, I'm going to do this, and, you know, we're going to get together and we're going to have this, we're going to hash this out. And Mm -hmm. so much of it is not easy. No. And that one that says, yes, I'm going to love you so much that I'd be willing to um, not compliment you <laughs> yeah, yeah. or whatever that is, or the, the betrayals we experience, the, right, the, right. what looks like so not love might come from a very loving place. Where well, we decided we were going to work pub. through this. Yes. We said, gee, I want to learn about forgiveness. Well, we have mm. to experience something that we feel is unforgivable. I think of that line and I think, you know, taking it further in everybody we encounter, whether it's just someone that a clerk at the grocery store that maybe he's having a rough day. Ooh, a notary public. Oh, <laughs> did you have one of those? <laughs> one of those encounters? Oh, not not a nice man. And yet by the time it was all said and done, I literally walked out of the store sending him prayers and realizing I haven't walked in his moccasins. How do I know what right. he's been through? His wife could be dying at home. Mm-hmm. He Or he's, I mean, it right. just could be anything. And it really, I made it about me initially, don't we all? And then when, what am I doing? He might need the love here, not me. I, I wanted good service and I was ready to blast him for not offering that. And then wow, maybe that's not why I was sent today. And it's funny because I don't think we walk around thinking that we're going to love everybody and it's all about love, even though it is. I think when we're awake, when we're more awake and more present, we are aware that everything has sort of this loving exchange from the tiniest encounter to uh, maybe just observing a squirrel. Mm, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I sometimes... And love is the biggest boomerang ever, just like prayer, that they've done studies on prayer, that it benefits the prayer as well as the prayee. <laughs> I don't know if those are even words, but I've experienced that where I am thinking I am doing the selfless thing and sending healing and love to someone. And then suddenly I feel, right, you I feel, feel it. goosebumps, or God bumps. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm lit up and I realize there is no selfless love. Whatever love we give comes back to us. And that is good news because in every way, if we did walk out the front door with our assignment, like Abraham Hicks says, uh, spirit hired you for the job. Just show up in joy and give your love. Funny because you said that I said this and I believe you, but it, it was an epiphany that I had like 30 years ago, mm. that it's kind of my job to to see love in every person and to try to, you know, connect to that. I guess it's that namaste thing. <laughs> it's in, totally in, the namaste. In, in my own words. But to me, it was an epiphany at the time. Yeah. And it's not like I actually remember that all the time. Mm. Sometimes I need to be, you know, have my little human fit, and yeah. then I and I go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That person just really, <laughs> really, really is the last person you want to love, and yet the one who needs it the most. 
what is that? There's a Swedish proverb about love me when I when I deserve it least. Because mm. that's when I need it most. Aw. Right? We do. So we could talk about love all day long in its many Forever. forms. There's so many forms of love. Whether yeah. it's, you know, the... The things we love to do, the people we love in our lives, romantic love. I hope that that this Valentine's Day isn't fraught with what you don't have mm. and the love that may not be present in your world or may feel imperfect. I I hope that you find love for yourself and that you treat yourself to flowers Ooh. and chocolate. Are you thinking of that quote? No, but please do. Yeah, plant your own garden and decorate your own soul instead of waiting for someone to bring you flowers. Veronica Schoftal? <laughs> <laughs> nice try. I don't know. Ronnie, Sounds good. way to go, Ronnie. Yeah. But it's true, and it doesn't have to be buying anything, but just treating ourselves with right. love is also going to benefit those around us and anyone we meet that we bump into and that oneness then becomes more and more apparent that even if they're grumpy and stingy and whatever if we send them love we realize we're loving the grumpy stingy part in us that may not be up that day but it could be another day so maybe spend the day practicing loving yourself first and beaming out love to everything and everyone around you like this and then tell us how it goes mm. <laughs> bye-bye love you Thanks for joining us at the GD Spirit Pub. Hope we helped you remember the gorgeous light that you are. To find out more about the GD Spirit Pub, this podcast, Weenie Greenie Julie, or GD Meg, please visit gdspiritpub.com. This podcast was joyfully produced by Green Diva Studio. Please look for us on iTunes as The Green Divas. While you're there, leave us a glowing review. 